got ahead in the puzzle. Hey guys. I bless you guys. <clears throat> Have you ever been home alone and uh, or maybe with your wife or someone else <laughs> and um you feel like um you feel like God is there and like he's kind of like there like it's not like like how you normally live and like you're driving in your car and you're like you know God's with you but then like there's those times where you're like, okay, is he about to, like, pop up right now? <laughs> I don't know if you ever, I have experienced that before, and it's it's kind of scary, isn't it? Like, at, at that moment, you're like, well, if God, like, I'll die for sure if God shows up. And, like, uh, we were worshiping, <clears throat> and I just felt his presence that strongly in this room. And I didn't get scared. That's just maybe when I'm alone or something. But um, I just felt him like he was walking uh, through the rows and just blessing you. And I also felt like some people were like, maybe like ashamed or, or like, I'm not good enough for the Lord to kind of pass by me and bless me or something. And, uh, but he's always with us. He promised that he would be with us. He said when two or three are gathered in his name, that he would be there. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. Okay, so are we ready? Uh, we're going to talk about what we've been talking about since last week, which I entitled One Under One, and it's Spirit of Unity. Amen. So let's turn our Bibles today to Ephesians chapter 4. And when you have it, let me get an amen, please. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. That's like, a, that's a good one. You should read the whole chapter and actually all of Ephesians. Ephesians is like, um, like it explains the whole gospel in the book of Ephesians in six chapters. And it's really awesome and easy to un- understand. If you have trouble reading the Bible, like, you know, like the King James, like I think we all have problems with that one. Um, well, I do anyway. And the New King James is easier than the NLT is a lot easier to understand. And so is the NIV. A lot easier to understand. And then the Message Bible, that's like straightforward. So uh, there's different versions that you can read. Are you there? All right. So um, before we read, actually, uh, let me just give you a recap um, of last week. Last week, we talked about what division is not. Okay. So we said that sometimes um, space between brothers and sisters, like, you know, we have brothers in other countries and things like that, that that doesn't... doesn't determine if, uh, you know, it's not division if they're far away, amen? Like, miles between us doesn't doesn't equate division. And so we saw that, and um, I think the, the strongest kind of point that we saw was Paul and Barnabas. You guys remember that if you were here? Um, or if you heard the uh, podcast? Um, and they had a little, like, disagreement. You remember that? So Paul and Barnabas, they were, uh, they were discussing, they were like, Paul was like, Let's go to the same cities that we've established uh, churches at, which are not really mentioned in the Bible except in that book of Acts, chapter 15. And, you know, there was like Cyprus, Pamphylia, like these other names that we've never heard of, but there was churches in those places. And Paul wanted to take Silas, and Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark. I don't know, his nickname was another name. I don't know what happened there. But uh, Barnabas wanted to take Mark. Amen. And Paul wanted to take Silas and Mark had been with them already, but Mark had left them in in one of the cities. He just kind of took off. And Paul, 
he didn't like that. And so he said, you know, like, we should take Silas because Mark left us. And something that I didn't mention last time was that this disagreement between Paul and Barnabas was actually, it, it was intense. It wasn't like, a, oh, okay, yeah, like, you know, it's all good. It was like, no, like, you know, like, it got intense because it, it says that it was contention between them. Like, they actually disagreed strongly, amen? And so uh, they went their separate ways, but that didn't mean that there was division there. Barnabas still did God's work, and so did Paul. And Luke, he decided, well, I'm going to go with Paul in this one. So he went with Paul, and he's the one that wrote Acts. And then uh, Paul wrote the rest of the Bible pretty much. Amen? So we saw that. And the work of the gospel continues. Amen? God, God is, he's, he, his desire, he's excited about people coming to him. Amen? People coming to salvation. He loves that his family is expanding across the earth. Amen? So then we saw that diversity, amen? Diversity, not division. We say unity is not uniformity, not everyone looking the same and, and being the same, but that uh, the church of Christ is so diverse. Like we all look different. We all have different backgrounds. We were raised differently, but what we have in common is Jesus Christ, amen? So we saw those things, that those things don't really equate division, you know? Really, unity is a heart issue. It's a spiritual issue. It's a heart-to-heart issue. You can be really close to someone and be divided. Amen? And you could be really far, family perhaps, and be really united with them. Amen? All right. So we're going to talk about today. If those things aren't, uh, you know, they don't, they don't consist to be division, then, then what is unity? Like, I want to talk about what is unity, what it looks like, feels like, smells like, all of that. Amen? So that's why we're in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read verse 3 to 6 for now. You're there, right? All right. It says, uh, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for allowing us to be in this place, God. Let your presence, Lord, just remain the way it is right now, Lord, that we would open our hearts to your word, God. Teach us, Lord, what you want us to learn, Father, for we are your body, Lord. We are one body, under you, God. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So what is unity? And Paul is writing to the Ephesians here, and he's kind of, he's kind of explaining what, what unity really is. And I love the way he describes this because he gives them these seven items, but the, the seven items have this big word in front of them, each of them. And that's what? One, right? So unity means that there is There's no parts to it. There's one. There's 
one thing working at the same time. It's if you ever seen like sports or if you ever seen uh, like like a like, like a factory where where people are working and everybody's doing their part. It's like a big, huge machine where everybody's doing something and, and it's working together so simultaneously and so cohesively that everything works out together and whatever they're making comes out good. Amen. And that's unity. So everyone working as one. And so here Paul says, look, this is uh, how we continue in the spirit of unity by naming these seven things. And that is body, spirit, hope, Lord, faith, baptism. And he says at the end, God, and he calls him father of all. Amen. So therefore, these these items, if you notice, are spiritual. They're not physical items. They're not, uh, you know, you got to be brown hair, brown eyes, uh, wear jeans, long hair. Uh, you know, it's it's not, it's nothing physical. Amen. It's all. Who did I describe right there? I don't know. It's all spiritual. Amen. You see everything that he describes, even when he says the body, I know that when we think body, we think of our own body, but he's talking about a spiritual body. Amen. He's talking about the church, his bride, and all of these items are spiritual. I'll repeat them again. Body, spirit, spiritual, hope, Lord, faith, baptism, God, and Father of all. All these items are heavenly. They're spiritual. And there's seven of them. Whoa! What a coincidence. There's seven, the number of completion. So it unites people in one, these seven things. These seven things are so important in our life. Amen? That we understand that unity is the spiritual seven things. It's not what I described before, right? It's not uh, white shirt, blue tie, blue tux. That's not unity, amen? Unity is these seven amazing things. I want to read them again. Look, it says body, amen? Spirit, hello? Hope. Lord, who's our Lord? Faith. Who do we have faith in? Jesus. Hello? Jesus, God, right? Baptism, amen? God the Father. Now you might think, and there's one in there, well, for me anyway, there's one in there like, you say it's spiritual, but there's one in there that that's, you got to do something physical about it, and that's baptism. But I want to tell you that, that there's a couple things in the Word of God that are, that we do physically, but they have They're spiritual. They're things that happen in the spirit. Baptism is one of them. When you're baptized in water, it's something spiritual that you're doing. You might be doing something physical in that moment, but it connects with the spirit. It's showing that Christ has been risen in you. Amen? And the other thing is Holy Communion, which, by the way, we will have next Sunday. I forgot to tell Kevin, but we will have next Sunday Holy Communion. Amen? All right, all right. So all of these are spiritual. And the Bible says here, Uh, Let let me read it again in uh, verse three, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Hmm. Endeavoring to keep the unity. That means, look, endeavoring to keep the unity. It means that this is this is this is a continuous work for the body of Christ. This is a this is something that that we got to we got to 
We got to strive and we got to persevere to do all of us. Amen. It's not it's not unity is not going to come, you know, when we're when we're <laughs> when we're at, for our birthday and, and we're blowing our candles and we make a wish. That's not how unity is going to come. Amen. It's unity is going to come because we're endeavoring to do this. All of us are set out to look at brothers and sisters that we may have space with, that we may disagree with, that we may be diverse with, but we are endeavoring to keep unity with them. And that's what these seven things that we have the same. See, when you look at a brother and sister in Christ, you might th- you might watch TV. You know, I watch TV and I watch a lot of Christian TV. Okay, it's just me. <clears throat> I'm always watching, you know, TBN, and I'm watching this and that. I'm even watching uh, the Spanish stuff that, you know, uh, yeah, but I'm watching that. And, and, uh, and uh, yesterday, uh, uh, we visited the, the Dubones, and, and Carlos is the same way. He's like, you want to watch some TBN? Yeah, let's do it. He has, you know, sorry, I'm going to put you on blast a little bit. He, he, he has them recorded, you know, some great messages that he has recorded. I'm like, let's do it. And we're watching, and then we're talking about how Cynthia was like, are you watching that again? Like, you know, there's TBN stuff. Like, you always watch. That's what I watch. But, you know, you might, you might see a brother and a sister in Christ, and you might say, ah, you know, they don't really... Uh, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Am I the only one? Like, you're watching TV, oh, just TV then, all right? Just n- nobody personally, but just just uh, TV, you're watching someone, and you're like, it's just like, it doesn't, you know, like the way that we do things, it's kind of like, it's, I don't know, it's different. Amen? But see, when you start thinking about the spirit of unity and how magnificent and spiritual it is, you got to ask yourself, are we one body with this person? Do we have one spirit? Do we have one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God? Because above the clouds. See, we think of things so earthly. Man, but they do this and that. And, and they sit down ah, and, ah, and they ask for money and, bah, and, ah, and all these differences. But God is like, but what about these seven amazing things that unite us? that are eternal and spiritual and heavenly and beautiful. What about those? Are those just like whatever? Hello? Amen? No. They're good. Amen? Are you with me? I know it's hot and you're probably sleepy, but are you with me? Because, because this is important that we get. I started looking at my brothers and sisters differently. I started watching TV, which, which sometimes like I would kind of like, scoff at and like even ridicule and make fun of sometimes because our brothers and sisters can can say and do some strange things sometimes amen hey, you got you have siblings you have brothers and sisters actual brothers and sisters you know by blood don't they do some weird things and you're like man you're a weirdo Right. And sometimes our brothers and sisters uh, uh, in Christ, they do some weird things. You know, they they go to the corners and they hold up signs that say, you know, uh, God hates fags. Right. And, and, and God, you know, they, they go to uh, people that have been killed in war, U.S. soldiers, and they go to their funerals and, and they say that they deserve to die, that God killed them. Those are uh, those are might be our brothers and sisters. We, we, don't, we don't make that choice. We don't decide whether they are or not. What we got to decide is we got to keep that spirit of unity. I know, it's hard, but we got we to gotta endeavor. Endeavoring is like you're going after it. 
Endeavoring is like you're on a mission. We're going to endeavor to keep unity. Whether that person wants to keep unity or not, you are endeavoring to keep unity. See, you, you might want to change people, but what God wants you to do is to change your outlook on people. Amen? Oh, all right. It is the job of the church, the church, us, the body, to promote unity. And unity doesn't, again, it doesn't mean that we're going to be in the same place at the same time. It's, it's, it's greater than that. It's spiritual. It's how you look at your brother and sister, how your heart feels when you see them, when you notice them. When, you know, there's this lady. You, you might not agree with her. They, they passed a law, you know, in government that says that, that two people of the same sex can get married. I don't know if you heard about that or maybe you were under a rock somewhere. You heard that, right? There was this lady in some city, and you probably heard this story. A couple came of, of two guys to wanting to get married. And she's the clerk at court. Christian lady. Okay, praise the Lord. They came, and she said, no, I'm not going to do it because I'm Christian. I can't. Have you heard that story? She got put in jail. Okay? Now, you might think, what an idiot. She should have just married them. What's the big deal? You might think that, or you might think she was right. We might disagree in that sense. Does it stop? Does she stop being our sister in Christ because of her method? Because we disagree with what she did? No. She's still our sister. We might not have done the same thing. Maybe the, the guys would have came and you'd be like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Let me get your paperwork. Uh, right? <laughs> Maybe. And you, you know what? You, you wouldn't have been wrong. You're doing your job. The Bible says to submit under the authorities of, of government. You wouldn't have been wrong. But her conviction, her personal conviction moved her to say no to these people. Got arrested and fired. And you might, when I saw the story before God spoke to me this message, I was like, what? A, what? A, come on, just, you know, give him the pay. What do you get? What do you got to lose, right? And uh, you, you might disagree like I did with her, but, but she doesn't stop being our sister in Christ. Woo! It's challenging, right? I, I got to love other people. Like, um, I, have a hard, yeah, I have a hard time loving, like, the people I go to church with. I got to love, I got to love them too. Like, Jesus. We, I'm not even talking about enemies yet. Unity, unity is about being one spirit, one spirit, regardless of the space, regardless of the disagreement, regardless of of whatever, regardless, being one. Sometimes, you know, people uh, come out on TV and they say like the, you know, there's, there's some, and I'll get into what really division is. There's some that for sure you're like, okay, like that I'm not, I'm not cool with. But there's just sometimes that it's just a, 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 a method difference. Like they just do things differently. Amen? All right. We got to be one body. We are one body. Come on, say that. We are one body. We are one body. Think of your own body. Okay, I know in church, like we use this verse 
for the longest because I grew up in church. And it's Paul talking to Timothy, right? Timothy, I guess, started working out or something, right? You got to understand, if you read the word, Timothy had, had problems. He was sick. He's always sick from his stomach. I can really relate. And Paul was like, hey, man, I know you're sick from your stomach. Drink a little wine. And you'll be good. Your digestive system will start, you know, like, you f- trust me, like, it works. <clears throat> and, and, and that's what Paul tells him. And I think Timothy was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to start working out. And, 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 like, he's a pastor, though. And the pastor came out, and he's all buff. And, like, he, he forgot to counsel some people. He forgot to, I got to go pray tomorrow. He was like, no, I'm going to the gym. Like, what are you talking about? I got to pray for people. I got I to gotta get my body right. A little exaggeration. But Paul says, Timothy, look, look, Timothy, it's cool that you're working out. I'm paraphrasing. It's cool that you're working out, but, you know, eternal things, they're, they're a little bit more important. And so we use that verse, like, straight up out of context, first of all. And we tell people that verse in churches, and then people don't take care of their own bodies. Amen? I was a victim. You can laugh. It's cool. <laughs> Some of you are like, should I laugh? I don't know. I was a victim of that because we think like, no, like the spiritual things are way better. I'm going to go eat my in and out animal fries, vanilla shake. Lord, please bless this meal, God, and let it be healthy, Lord, to my bones. In the name of Jesus, bless this burger, God. Let it be like broccoli to my to my digestive system, Lord. All right. God's like, okay, I'm not a magician or a genie, buddy. You better start eating differently. And so when we think of our own body and and we think of it in that context, like it's a gift from God. Amen. God gave you that body. So when he describes the body, he's describing it because the body is connected in every aspect that you can think of. If you're if your one of your organs starts to mess up, like a lung, let's say, or something, you'll feel it all over your head. You, you'll, you'll feel it all over. Why? Because one part of the body that starts malfunctioning, it, 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 it sends signals to the entire body. Amen? When one of your toes hurts, you're out. You're like, I can't go to work. I can't walk. I can't move. Your toe, your, your, your big toe, but it's still your toe. Amen? And so that's how well connected your own personal body is. Imagine the body of Christ. Imagine the spiritual body, the church of Christ, how well connected is and should be. So we are united so that when one person hurts, the whole body should feel it. And when one person is rejoicing, the whole body is rejoicing. And that's how the body works. And God wants us to be one body. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Amen. Nobody's having in and out after this. Just kidding. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Amen. Verse 12. I think I, yeah, I told you this. Yeah. All right. You there? All right, we're going to read from 12 to 22. It's a bit, but um, 
For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Let's read that again. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so are there many, but they're one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Ooh, I love that. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. Look at diversity, disagreement, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member. It's not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. It is therefore not of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not the body? If the whole body were an eye, that would be weird. Where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member... Where would they be? But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. (laughs) Amen? So we are one body. And that's how the body works. It says it right there. If the body was one member, that'd be weird. If we were just one eye walking around. You know, like Monsters, Inc. is just one big eye with hands and feet. If, <laughs> if, we, were just, if we were just one big eye with, with hands and feet, there, I, I don't know how that guy hears. Uh, does he have ears? He, may, he might have ears. But it, it would be weird, right, if we were just one, if we were just one big eye. And, and, and there was like one big mouth. And then we would have to kind of figure out and make sure that we have all the body parts in this church. Like if two mouths are here, like, and there's only one ear, we would be like, hey, we need another ear. But see, the body is so perfect and so majestic and so created by God that he created every piece for its function. And every piece is necessary in the body. So I want you to know today that you're important. I want you to know by the spirit of God that you are necessary I don't care if you think that you're weak or that you think that you're strong. You are important to God and you're necessary for the body. Amen? So that's the body. He says, for even as the body is one and yet has many members and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. Basically saying, look, there's two hands, there's ten fingers, there's a bunch of body parts, but they're all one. They're not several bodies. They're one body. Amen? So that's how we are one body. And one spirit, the Bible says, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. There's only one spirit that that matters, the Holy Spirit. Amen? So these seven things, there's one hope, which is Christ. Christ is the only hope for this world. Christ is our only hope. Amen? One Lord who is Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. There's one faith. The Bible says that we're saved by grace 
through faith in Jesus Christ. There's one faith. Now, I know this is kind of tough in today's world because there's a lot of faiths. There's only one that counts, and that's faith in Jesus Christ. And you know what? I am not afraid to say it. It's not faith in Buddha, Muhammad, the Virgin Mary. It's not faith in all of that. It's faith in Jesus Christ, and that's the only one that matters. Amen? Look, we're a generation that we're so, like, uh, we're so afraid to say the truth. I have been. We're so afraid to say the truth. Who's going to take the gospel to the, to the next generation? People, people we, have to, we, we have to speak the truth in love, of course. But we have to speak the truth regardless. It's one faith, one faith in Jesus Christ. That's why it's one under one, because there's one God. And it says one baptism. Amen? The one that counts. Not the one when you're a baby and they baptize you and you didn't know what the heck was going on. The one that matters when you're an adult like Jesus Christ was and you say, all right, I'm ready to commit myself. Amen? One baptism. And then there's one God. That one is tough. Where I work, that one's tough. I work in Encino, which... Is kind of like we, we were all in Hollywood first and now we moved to Encino, but it's kind of like the Hollywood mindset. There are many ways to God. There are many gods. The universe is God. You and I are God. No. There's only one God, creator of heaven and earth. Now, you might say, but what about, you know, like, there's three, though, right? And then there's, how does three, one, like, I don't get that. No, there's one. There's one and there's three. (laughs) There's three and there's one, but there's one. I know, it's confusing. I am Mario, flesh, right, human, soul, and spirit. Am I three or am I one? Both, yeah, good answer. But I, I don't, like, I don't, four, he said, but I don't, <laughs> is it because, okay. But, but I don't, I don't have three different personalities. I don't like, uh, I, you know, like my soul wants to go that way and I'm like confused and uh, what do I do? No, I am united as one. Amen. I don't ever feel like, uh, you know, there's sometimes where the flesh wants to do things, right? But that's just instinct. But me, I am one. Spirit from God that has a soul that lives in the body. And God is the same way. He is three, but he is one. He might show himself in different ways. God the Father did, the Son did, and now the Holy Spirit is with us. He is three different, you know, ways that he shows himself, but he is one. He is one. And so you say that nowadays, and it's like, oh, but you know, what about the uh, those guys? You know, they have... They have it too, and like, you know, no, I'm, I'm sorry. These are the principal items that should unite us as children of this one Father. I love what Paul ends it with. He says, there's one God, Father of all. Let's read it again. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm winding down here, I promise, kind of. Verse 6, chapter 4, verse 6. Are you there? One God... And Father of all, listen to this, who is above all and through all 
and in you all. He's talking to the church in Ephesus, right? And he's saying, look, he is above all. He is through all. He is in you all. That's the Father. I love how he ends that because that makes us one. It's not doctrine. It's not having the same leadership, the same methods. It's not being close proximity and especially not uniformity. It's having those seven things that are one. There's only one of those. Like they might say, hey, there's a, there's a, you know, Jesus himself said it like this. In the, end, in, in the last days, they will say, there, there he is. There, there goes Jesus over there. There goes Jesus over there. And no, don't believe that because there's only one of me. Man, this is awesome. Uh, when we as the body of Christ are under the oneness of God, the unity of the, of the Trinity, right? He's the oneness of God. We will become the one body here on earth. And we will display that oneness. Just like he displays oneness in heaven, we are to display his oneness here on earth. And that's what unity is, guys. is, is showing that God is one and that we are one. Not letting, like, the little silly things, you know, like, differentiate or, or set us apart. And on top of that, this unity that he gives us, he makes us diverse. So let's, let's keep reading in Ephesians in, in uh, verse 7, just really quick to, to finish up verse 7 through, uh, through 10 here. So the body's united now, and he says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he let captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one, in capital letters, who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Do you see his oneness there? Like the one God came here, he descended from heaven, he did what he had to do, he gave gifts to man, to us, so we can be one body and be diverse at the same time, and he ascends to heaven and then fills up the whole universe, the Bible says. He fills up everything, because he is one. So you see, he fills up all of heaven. He's so big and so vast and so awesome that he fills up all of heaven. He takes up all the room in heaven. And it's eternal, and it's beyond, it's infinite. And so he says, if I fill up all things here in heaven, you will fill up all things here on earth. That's why he gives you gifts. There's, the church is powerful right now. We are not defeated. The church is having revival right now. There's churches in North Korea, in China, Afghanistan, Iraq, where people of God are being risen up because the body is one. The God that we have is one. So the body and the the God in heaven fills up all things. And then he says, and earth is filled with my body. He is so big that his body has to be here on earth, filling up the whole earth. He fills up all of heaven. And he says, I I am with my body, and my body is with me. There's no separation. There's no separation. Let's keep reading. Verse 11. Then Jesus says, okay, Not only 
Not only am, have I filled all things in heaven and my body is on earth, I'm going to give them more gifts. He says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for what? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So equipping, the second part, for edifying of the body of Christ. Until when? Until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. To what? To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's how God desires for you to be, to be to the measure, the stature, and the fullness of Christ, but as one body, as one, that the church would look like Jesus here on earth, to his stature and his fullness. Praise the Lord. So he gives these gifts. He says, here's some guys that are going to help me do this. Some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. They're going to equip the church. They're going to give you equipment. They're going to give you tools. Then they're going to edify you. They're going to encourage you. They're going to support you. For what? So you can come to unity and look like me. That's the job that we have. That's the job that God has placed in me as pastor to equip you, to give you tools and to edify you so that you can go and have relationship with him and look like him. And the more people that look like him, the more his body will look like him. And that's what he wants here on earth. That's why it's one God and one body that looks like Jesus, that that we talk like Jesus, that, that, that we think like Jesus. That we, that we walk like Jesus, that we stand like Jesus, that we stand in his measure, in his stature, in the fullness of Christ. A giant here on earth is the church of Jesus Christ. Now, some of us don't see it that way. We have all these other priorities in life, these important things in life. But I, I want to challenge you this afternoon. That you, start, that you start noticing that you are part of a bigger picture. That you are part of a bigger situation. That you are part of this vast, majestic, awesome body called Jesus Christ. And yes, there's, there's opposition. Yes, there's things that are against Jesus Christ. I love what this, this person said. He said, you know, the enemy is not against Jesus. There's a lot of Jesuses, but he's against Jesus Christ, spirit of anti-Christ, anti-Jesus, no, anti-Christ. There's a bunch of Jesus people. Yeah, Jesus is a teacher, a prophet, uh, an awesome guy, but no, Jesus is God. Jesus Christ, the anointed one, and that's what he wants us to look like. Here on earth. Why? Because we have that, those seven items. You know, we have that one hope, that, that one Lord, that, that one Father, one baptism, one faith, one spirit, and we are one body. He fills up all of heaven, and we fill up all of earth. So now when you look at your brothers and sisters, you're like, we're part of a bigger picture. We're part of something greater. We might not agree. We might not worship the same. We might not go to the same church. But we are part of something greater, greater than you might think. 
And start endeavoring to keep the spirit of unity. Endeavor for it. Go after it. Don't let silly things divide. Go after it and endeavor in the spirit of unity. Now I want to talk to you about what, 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 what really does divide the body. And what really attempts, I should say, to divide the body of Jesus Christ. There's something very particular that the enemy is doing. He's been doing it for a lot of years. He's, he's, he's an expert at it. But God has given us the revelation to see what he has been doing to divide the body. There's an attempt on the body of Christ. There's an attempt on the body of Christ. And that's why he's speaking to us in this moment, in this time. That's why you're in this place, in this moment, in this time. That's why you have been called out of religion. You've been called out of tradition. You've been called out of uniformity. You've been called out of all that tradition and routine so you can have real faith and you can have a real God with a real relationship for such a time as this. I'm prophetically speaking to you right now. There's, there, there's a moment right now that I want you to capture because God has called you out of the place that he's called you for a time like today because he wants you to endeavor in the spirit of unity. He wants you to protect the next generation. He wants you to fall in love with the gospel. So that when you see the enemy tainting and turning and twisting the message of Jesus Christ, that you would stand up in the spirit of unity and protect the gospel. I'm not going to be the pastor here forever. It's up to all of us, not just one person. We're a team. We're a body. And we have to protect the next generation. You know what they're teaching our little babies nowadays. Do you understand what they're learning in school? What they're learning on the internet, on television. Do you understand that the enemy is at work right now? But just as the enemy is at work, a church, one body of unity will stand up. Will be the light of this earth. Will be the salt of this earth. And in the spirit of unity will protect the body of Jesus Christ. And what he has done on the cross. It is time for us to wake up. Some of us fall asleep in the situations that are happening around us. And we got to understand there's a work that's happening. That the enemy is conjuring up. But he will not be successful. Because God is calling us right now. Today, he is calling you. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What am I going to do to protect the spirit of you? You don't think that we're called to protect? We are called to protect. We're called to defend. Not in the ways that you think or we've been, thought before, we've been taught before. But we are called. The apostles would stand up against religion. They would stand up against men that were trying to, to, to sneak their way into the body. They would stand up and say, no, we're not going to allow that. Not because we want to put people down. Not because we want to hate people. But because we're endeavoring to keep the spirit of unity in the body of Christ. And that's what God wants for us. So that you may be one body under one God. One under one. One God, one body, we are one under one. And that body is growing and growing and growing. But think about that. Think about the next generation 
I know some of you are in your 20s and you're thinking, man, I got a long way to go, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 the generation already, the kids already are being taught. They're being manipulated already. But we will have the victory, brothers and sisters, in Jesus' name. But he wants you, he wants you like awake, alert. Jesus dies, his body is buried. He resurrects in glory. And then he gives these, these, these gifts, these governors of his kingdom, these apostles, prophets, and pastors, and teachers, and evangelists. It is the job of the church leaders to work towards unity by teaching, equipping, and preparing the people and edifying the people so that you guys can feel and, and look at people with love and, and see your brothers and sisters and even see your enemies with love, but always still protecting the spirit of unity, protecting the one, the one faith, the one God, the one Lord, the one baptism, the one hope, the one spirit, the one body. He says, he says in verse uh, 13, till we all come to the unity of faith, the unity of what? Faith and the knowledge of the son of God. Two things. The leaders are called to equip, you know, some of you are going to be pastors one day. Some of you are going to be pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and even apostles one day. I believe it. Women and men. I believe it. Our job as leaders of, 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 of the kingdom, of the church, that God has given us the, that gift. There's two things. Faith and knowledge of the Son of God. The Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. That faith, the faith in Jesus Christ. The more we teach of that faith in Jesus Christ, the more united the body will be. You know why the body doesn't feel united as it should? Because leaders aren't teaching the faith in Jesus Christ. We're saved by grace. The simple message of the gospel is not being preached. But that's why God has called us. Do you see this? That's why God has called us today, right now. Right now, he's pulled you out. And he's calling us today to preach that message faith in Jesus Christ. The other thing is the knowledge of the Son of God. Not the knowledge of the Bible. Not going to school to gain other knowledge. Not that that's bad. Go to school. But the knowledge of the Son of God. What is the knowledge of the Son of God? Knowing Him. Relationship. Intimacy. Intimacy. Relationship. Knowing the Son of God. Those two things will unite the body like never before. Faith in Jesus Christ, that he did it all. I believe you did it, God. I'm saved. I'm righteous. I'm your son. I'm going to heaven, God. As a matter of fact, I walk with heaven, Lord. I, I am in your presence. Your presence is in me. Faith in Jesus Christ. And then knowledge of the Son of God. I know you, God, and you know me. You know my heart. You know my needs, Lord. I know you. I hear your voice, God. Those two things. And the body of Christ I'll be united. I'll finish right there. 
Next week, we will talk about what the enemy has been doing to divide or try to divide the body. I want you to come. I want you to tell brothers and sisters, the new people, I don't see him here today. We got we, we to gotta tell them, hey, y'all got to come, man. We're learning. We got to grow, especially then. Do you agree? Amen? It's important. It's important. I remember when I was new again in 2004, I was hungry. I was like, I need to learn because this is, this is what's important. Let's pray.